five, five, four, four, three, three, two, two, three. Is the tank half full? Or is the tank half empty? That's always the question. But the answer really is, the tank is refillable. Today we're going to talk about positive thinking and trying to keep a clear mindset when you feel like things are really, really down. Coming off a great dive weekend, actually coming off a great two-dive weekend. Uh, one of them was, weekend before last, I was at one of my favorite, favorite places to dive just outside of McCall on Payette Lake. Great opportunity for bottle diving. Now, by the way, if you've never been involved in bottle diving and you find good spots for bottle diving, bottle protocol says that you don't take everything that's there. You want to leave stuff for other divers. A lot of this comes off the tradition of North Atlantic divers who working World War II shipwrecks just kind of plundered everything. I mean, you can only have, well, I would see divers that would have like 25 of the same teacups. Now, now I've done teacup collections and china collections, but once I got my collection, right, once I got enough place settings, I didn't really hunt anymore. And talking to other divers that were you know, a little more, I don't know, polite uh, or ethical, however you want to put it. You know, they would get like one teacup from a shipwreck or they might get one piece of china. But it wasn't like, I mean, I knew guys that had just a shed full of china from the same shipwreck. Well, in bottle diving, the protocol or the etiquette is that, let's say that you're looking for a specific era. I, I enjoy finding Coke bottles that are from the early 1900s, although it's about, about 1930, 1940. If I find something that's outside that era, I leave it. I don't have to pull it. Same thing with cans. Uh, you know, if I find, a, you know, like a Coors can that, that, that uses a church key and it's in great shape, I'll take it if I don't have one. But if I do, I'm going to leave it there and let, let somebody else go find it. Anyway, I love bottle diving, so I got a chance to go do some bottle hounding up at Payette. Got a couple spots up there that I like. Uh, one of them was kind of a new discovery for me. And then this last weekend, man, you know, I, emotions cannot even, ex, words can't express the emotions that I went through this last weekend. Having a chance to work with a diver who really, really needs the water for therapy is is a special joy. So I've got a couple of divers that are in my advanced program. One of them is at stage four cancer. And just to make sure that that diver was going to be good to go, made sure that we got a report from a doctor, made sure that we got a report from uh, a cardiologist, and just making sure that, that everything was working out really well, well for that diver and that they were fit to, that they were actually fit to go in and dive. And 
This diver also has dealt with a lot of stress, a lot of heartache throughout life. And having the opportunity to give the gift of water is incredible. As many of you know, I teach private only. And I'm, I'm actually, you know, I don't want to sound snobbish, but I'm actually pretty picky on who I take as students. Because I don't, th- you know, if it's not going to be a good fit and the diver doesn't feel like that they're getting value out of the experience or if the diver wants to negotiate price or if the diver is just doing it for a bucket list item, I'm not really interested because I, I, I want people to really embrace diving and I throw a lot of psychology and a lot of coaching not just dive coaching but life coaching and I spend time with that diver I mean it is you know we'll do between on an advanced course we'll do between six to ten dives and we'll do a pool work and we'll work on meditation and relaxation and and understanding the aquatic environment just all kinds of things that that you would not get in a in a advanced class that's five dives over the course of two days, you get it, knock it out, and you're done. It's just, it's just different. And when I'm investing that amount of time, they've invested a pretty good chunk of change, and I'm investing myself into it. They're investing their time into it. I want to make sure that it is a symbiotic relationship, that we are partnering together to not only teach that person diving skills, whether that's open water or rescue or advance or master scuba diver, I want to make sure that they're getting much more. They're getting life lessons out of it. And that's, that's important to me. And coming off this weekend, I was on a high. Now I'm going to tell you straight up, it didn't start out like that. There are things that will get thrown in your way that will take you out of the fight. See, I don't think that teaching diving is just about skills to explore the underwater world. I think that we're teaching skills, at least from my perspective, we're teaching skills that are transferable to other parts of a life. I want my divers to feel fully alive. I want them to live from the heart. And it's so easy to get taken out of that fight. When you're throwing that much emotion and you're throwing that much time and you're throwing that much of yourself into that and they're embracing that, it's easy to get taken out of the fight. And I had that on the way down. If you've followed the podcast or even followed any of my social media pages, you know about Rosarita. Rosarita is my 2013 JK, Jeep JK. And there have been times where Rosarita has not come through for me. I got abandoned on the way to Texas in the middle of Nevada. I've had troubles with Rosarita going to Washington, to, you know, to the Washington coast for, for some dives. I've had her act up on the way up to McCall. And by the way, every time, 
hits when I'm trying to pursue someone to help them live fully alive every time. Vehicles and vehicle expenses and vehicles breaking down is a weak point of mine. That's the chink of my armor. And it goes back to when I was stationed in Germany of not ever really being able to afford a good car. I was a young airman, had a wife at the time, living in an apartment that was really... The, the cost of the apartment was really rated for about an E5 or above. And at the time, I was an E2, so I was scraping by, working a couple of second jobs and doing everything I could, scrimping and saving to try to make ends meet. I lived so far out, I had to have a car. And what seemed to happen was that every time I would buy a cheap car, it would last for a little bit, would just start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, and guess what? Another car break down. So cars breaking down is is a chink in my armor. And that was something that that still to this day, when, I mean, even even if a car won't start because it, it needs a, a jump. I mean, I, oh man, I mean, that's, I, I th- there's, there's a part of me, and I think triggered is such an overused word, but I'll tell you, it triggers something in me because I always felt like I couldn't provide for my family or I was going to get stuck. I remember getting a letter of reprimand from my team sergeant because I couldn't make a recall in time because we got recalled at 4 a.m. And my car gave out on me halfway to work or to, to, to the recall and had to hump it the rest of the way in with, with my ruck and my A-bag. And I was late, and I still got paperwork, even though I made the effort. So, cars breaking down—that's man, that's that's a that's something that, that rattles me pretty hard. Anyway, we're heading down, and 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 again, if you've listened to the podcast for any time, you know that we did a, a pretty extensive job on Rosarita, tearing her all the way down to the timing chains, you know, on that three point six, uh, that three, you know, the three point six. Uh, V6 that, that is on that Jeep has four timing chains tore it all the way down. She's got 185,000 miles on her, tore it all the way down swapped out rockers, swapped out uh, I mean, all kinds of stuff, right? Timing chains, water pump, everything. I'm, he- I'm, I'm south of Twin Falls starting to hit no man's land and I get I get a, a check engine light. Now, in Rosarita, I have installed a uh, a code reader that reads to, to an old cell phone of mine. I run the codes, and it's a camshaft position sensor. So I call my buddy Phil, talking to him on the way. By the way, the vehicle's running fine. Talk to him. We kind of walk through, and he's like, yeah, it's probably, just, it's probably the camshaft sensor, not the camshaft, because we've already been in there. It looks pretty good. It's probably just a sensor, but if that sensor dies, you're stuck because it shuts down the vehicle or puts it into limp mode. So I keep running diagnostics on all like that. She winds up running fine. I'm getting great gas mileage. So it's pretty evident that there's nothing mechanical wrong with the car. This has got to be something electrical, which is kind of a history of Rosarita. But anyway, uh, anyway, so we wind up getting uh, to the hotel, getting checked in, meet up with my divers, head out the next morning. Now Windover 
is there's like it's I think it's like a 12 to 16 mile back road that you have to go to get out to the lake once you leave the hardened surface. So we head out there and man, as soon as we start hitting the bumpy roads, I've got all kinds of codes. I had nine different kinds of codes, everything from high voltage brakes to speed sensors, uh, just all kinds of crazy stuff going off. And we get out there, I realize I'm probably gonna have to spend a lot of money when I get back uh, to, you know, to Boise, do all of our dives. And I gotta tell you, we had some fantastic dives. Now, by the way, the entire time, I did not let any of that negativity from the past come back to haunt me. I kept reassuring myself with positive talk and I was getting rid of the negative talk because way back in the day, I'd be like, oh man, here we go again. Everything is against me. It's always, you know, and, and in going to those, you know, to those hard lines of it's always messed up. This is going to be a bad trip. Going to those agreements that zapped everything away. Instead, I was focused on I was focused on the mission of going out there. We go out, we have some great dives. We we carved pumpkins underwater, we worked on skills, we explored the hot springs, and I'm able to show my divers things that they've never seen, even though they've been in that lake before for their open water. Had a fantastic experience. Coming back, more codes and everything. Oh well actually we get finished. I go to start the Jeep up. Nothing. It's dead. So I ask for a jump. As I raise the hood, I see that the battery terminal has become disconnected. A loose battery terminal is causing all of this erraticness in the electrical system. I put it on. It cannot be tightened up. Now, by the way, that's been an identified issue that Phil, Michael, and I discovered with Michael's JK sometime back is that that battery terminal just does not tighten down. So I, I jury-rigged it, got it back on the road, all kinds of codes again. <laughs> and uh, by the time we make it out to the hardened surface, I've had to reconnect the battery cable twice at this point. But a loose battery terminal could have completely thrown off my game. But lessons from the past and then having, having a dive partner that has really instilled positive thinking in me has helped me to stop that negative self-talk. And it brought me back to lessons of when I was in the military, when I was going through really tough schools of not doing the I quit or everybody's against me. Uh, I'm in the Air Force, so all the Army instructors are against me. None of that stuff, right? And this is way beyond, is the tank half full or is the tank half empty? Because you have to find opportunities that you refill that tank. And it's that attitude that you take toward yourself that can even affect your health. When we talk about positive self-talk and positive thinking, it doesn't mean that you blow off all of life's unpleasant situations. It just means that you approach that unpleasantness in a more positive and a more productive way. I could have got out. I could have cussed. I could have kicked the Jeep. Could have made threats against her. 
positive thinking has to start with positive self-talk. And positive self-talk is this endless dialogue. It's an endless stream of your unspoken thoughts that go through your head. If you don't fill your brain and your mouth with positive self-talk, I guarantee the negative stuff will come in. Now check this out. It is a survival trait to always go to the negative. Because we always think worst case scenario. And I got to tell you, that's what I used to do. If it was on finances, if it was on the car, if it was on relationships, I always went to the worst case scenario. And that's the easiest thing to do. There are huge health benefits to positive thinking. We know that research has shown that positive thinking, it increases your lifespan. It lowers the rates of depression. You have better physical and psychological well-being. There's reduced risk of death from things like cancer and respiratory conditions and infections. It gives you better coping skills during hardships. All of that is positive self-talk that turns into positive self-thinking. Now, a lot of people sit back and they go, hey, Rob, you know, I'm, I'm actually a pretty positive person. There's a couple of ways that you can check to see if you're doing any kind of negative self-talk. And negative self-talk comes in a couple different forms. One is personalizing. When something bad occurs, you always blame yourself. Oh, it's my fault. It's my fault that this happened. I did this, and so this happens, right? It's the whole karma thing or God hates me thing. You hear the, you know, that, that a dive has gotten canceled, you know, you know your, your friend's dive got canceled, and you assume that the, the, you know, the, the, the change of plans is all because no one wants to be around you. You know, you got a trip planned out to Payette Lake, and nobody shows up. You have a sit by the pit on Friday night or a, a gathering or a dive meetup and nobody shows up and you automatically assume that's because everybody hates you. Another one's filtering. You start to, to magnify all the negative aspects of a situation and you filter out all the positive ones. This last weekend, you know, when people ask me how my weekend was, it would have been great, or, or, or not great, it would have been easy to say, oh man, it wasn't so great. I, my Jeep broke down and I've got to go fix it. I've got to order some battery terminals. And, and, but instead, you focus on the positive. It wasn't camshaft sensors. I got back home. But on top of that, I had some incredible diving with two amazing people. I had an incredible weekend with my dive buddy. And she and I don't get a chance to go out and work together that often anymore. So you have to filter, you know, when you start filtering and, and the filters, all the bad stuff, that's what you're going to focus on. If all you talk about is the bad stuff, that's, that's all that trip is going to be defined by. 
Having things be a, a catastrophe, you automatically anticipate the worst without any other facts. Your Jeep is acting up, you immediately think that you have to rebuild the engine. You have a regulator start free-flowing, you automatically think that it's broken and needs to be, and needs to be you know, has to go in for service. Oh, great, now i got to go spend 150 250 bucks on service because the free-flow won't stop. And you let those things affect the rest of the day. Had a diver show up on a site one day. And the zipper on the weight pocket was busted. It would not zip closed. Now, the, the rest of the weight pocket would go in. So I simply asked, well, how much weight, how much weight do you dive with? Well, you know, when I dive like this, I, I've got seven pounds in that pocket. Great. So we, show a, we shove a five-pound weight and a two-pound weight in there, and we soap the pocket. Still dumpable weight because it goes onto the BC that's got, you know, has got the, the uh, release clips. But they were ready to let that, their day just be ruined. I've had divers show up before, and, and, and they forgot a regulator. Or they didn't bring the bottoms to their wetsuit. Hey, there's a lot of things that can be resolved on the dive site. Not everything is a catastrophe, and you don't have to let it affect the rest of your day. A couple of years ago, Brooks and I were running a class, and as she got into the, to the Jeep, her oatmeal spilled all over the front of her. She didn't get burned, but it had been very easy for her to have let that Define the rest of the day. Yeah, you know, it got on. It got on her jacket. It got on, got on her swimsuit. And yes, it stained and all like that. But you don't let that define all the work that you have to do in front of you. you don't let it, and you don't let it set the the tempo for the rest of the day. You you don't magnify, which is another one. You don't make a big deal out of minor problems. Okay, so if the if the zipper, uh, you know, if if the if part of the zipper tears off on your wetsuit, a good dive master or a good master scuba diver is going to have a speedy stitch with them, and they're going to help you sew that stuff up. The other one is perfectionism. I've seen this, especially as divers begin to advance. They keep setting impossible standards and trying to be more perfect. It's like they're they're being judged by other divers. Guys, we're out there just to have fun. As a diver, you can learn to turn negative thinking into positive thinking. I mean, we, we can do that on every single dive and transfer that back into daily life. It takes time and practice, but relatively, the process is simple. First one, check yourself. Periodically, throughout your dive, throughout your dive trip, throughout the day, stop and just evaluate your thinking. And if you're finding that your thoughts are negative, find a way to turn them positive. Journaling is a great way to do this. Start journaling your dives and see if you've got more negative or more positive stuff in there. Be open to humor. 
on a podcast uh, a few months ago, I talked about how we left Baker City, Oregon, headed for for the Washington coast and drove an hour and a half the wrong direction back to Boise. And we laughed about it. Give yourself to laugh at yourself. When we pulled out onto the hardened surface the other day coming out of Wendover, I looked up at my ham radio that's mounted to the, basically mounted to the, the roof of my Jeep is swinging back and forth because it's rattled loose. And we started laughing. Because after everything we've gone through with electrical issues and things getting bounced, bounced around in the Jeep and everything else, it, yeah, the, now we see the radio swinging back and forth. So be open to that humor. Identify areas that you can change. If you want to become more optimistic and you want to engage in more positive self-talk and more positive thinking, identify the areas that where you usually think negative about. Diving's a healthy lifestyle. Try to find opportunities to dive as much as you can. You know, I, I try to find time for the water at least 30 minutes a week, whether I'm diving or if I'm swimming. Because diving and exercise positively affect your mood and it reduces stress. This was a big one for me. This next one was a big for me. Surround yourself with positive people. I had to fire relationships of people that were negative in my life. I had to get away from them. And some of those relationships were pretty detrimental. And it's just and, and but but there comes a time where where, you, where your own self-worth means that you have to get out of those negative relationships or at least not be around negative people. And I, and I do, I separate myself from negative people. I don't mean to be hurtful. I don't mean to be dismissive. I don't mean to blow them off. It doesn't mean that they don't matter to me, but there's times in my life I can't be around the negativity. I've got a diver right now that is having issues with a boss. And it's someplace that she enjoys working there or has enjoyed working there. feels like she's giving back to the community. But it's just a toxic environment. And sure, yeah, maybe the money is a little better or maybe the extra income is nice or maybe you feel like you're giving back to the community. But you have to also look out for yourself. Surrounding yourself with positivity and incorporating a regimen of positive self-talk and then positive self-thought is important. And all the things that we learned about as divers, think about going through a rescue class and you're looking at, at things that are just dire. I mean, when you're set up in a rescue situation, you're helping people when they are at their worst. But it's time to think about that self-rescue. Think about how you're gonna heal yourself, how you're gonna turn negative situations into positive situations and not blowing things out of perspective. And in the end, remember, as long as you got air, guys, you're all right.
<laughs> I totally forgot my intro. By the way, this is Rob with Neptune Warrior. <laughs> Welcome to the One Dive at a Time podcast. All right, that's it. I'm out. <laughs>